0: Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. And here we are. Welcome to this episode of HEAL. I'm excited to introduce our guest. I would like to say though that Brittany is not here. Again, I might have to fire her, just kidding. I'm not gonna fire her, she's not getting paid. Um, So (laughs) she's getting paid doing what she does, which is working. So you won't hear her voice for this interview, but that's okay. Um, I would like to welcome my next guest. Her name is Tammy, Tammy Collins. Um, She has a great story of transforming her life And the reason why I asked her to come on was that one line in your reach out, Tammy, which was, I bought a mountain. (laughs) I can't wait to hear your story. So, as you know, welcome, by the way. Thank you for being on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm very excited. I can't wait to hear your story. So those who may not know, sometimes I know the person coming on. Sometimes I don't know the person coming on. I like to tell that, have them tell me as little as possible because I want our conversation to unfold naturally um, and organically. So that's the case with Tammy. The last few guests I have had some knowledge of, so I've sort of knew their story. Um, But Tammy, I really don't know that much. So I'm so excited to hear your story. Tell us. H in HEAL is honor your past and amongst other things, but let's talk about your past. Tell us, tell us um, where you came from. What's going on with you? Well, that's
1: a very long and interesting winding story, Um, but that's why you're here. I'm so
0: excited. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm just a mom. I'm a wife. You know, I'm just a woman, right? I mean, in some respects, there's really nothing special about me. Um, but ironically, that's where the transformation came in when I finally realized there were things that were special about me. Mm-hmm. And there are things special about everyone. Everyone has something special and some sort of magic that they're supposed to be giving to this world and this space. Um, and so that's part of the transformation. Um, but, I, you know, I, I grew up in a, you know, blue collar family. Um, I actually had uh, a lot of scarcity mindset um basically because uh you know growing up that way there was a lot of fear of layoffs all the time and there was just this constant sort of black cloud around there's no money we don't have money there's no money that kind of thing and yeah, so I just yeah. sort of adapted that um, mentality and right. i well, didn't that's
0: normal and natural wouldn't you think
1: yeah yeah and i and and there's nothing wrong with it I mean don't get me wrong that my parents didn't do anything wrong they were just doing what they knew. And um, it was, it was a challenge. And so at a point in my life, I suddenly was tired of being tired and the scarcity was a big part of it. And I realized that that was a big thing that was holding me back. But I grew up in New Jersey, just like a normal everyday little girl with all the same concerns and fears and, and, you know, as everyone else. But the one thing that was different for me was that I always felt like an outsider. Hmm. I always felt like I was on the outside of the proverbial room looking in and never really felt like I was accepted or fit in. Uh And that theme carried through my entire life as well. So those are two big things that really shaped a lot of things about me. It, first of all, it drove perfectionism to an unprecedented level, right? Because I thought, well, if I'm perfect, I'll be accepted, and they'll like me, and I'll fit in. And, you know, so
0: that <laughs> Well, we <you> know that's <laughs> probably not the way to go. I'm sure that, that <laughs> caused a lot of um, stress, undue pressure on yourself. Absolutely,
1: absolutely, absolutely. And so then it became, you know, uh, my pursuit of trying to do the things I wanted to do. So I wanted to be an artist. I was going to be a famous artist living in multiple big cities and, you know, yada, yada. And then oh, reality, at
0: what point did you start dreaming that dream? Oh, probably. Well, I don't know if you
1: remember and I'll give away my age, but the TV guide used to come to the house and in the TV guide, there was draw tippy or draw oh, those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did that at a very young age and, you know, I used to sort of, fantasize about, um, being an artist. I was just, I'm so creative. Uh, it's actually debilitating sometimes, um, because you can't what, what shut is, it
0: off. Okay. So what is, give me an example of how being too creative is debilitating. Can you uh, make- because you don't, I don't have, con- so I'm better about it now,
1: but, uh, I constantly, um, See ways to change things, improve things, make something better. I could run into a stranger; they say something, and it sparks an idea, and I'm off in my brain and creating yeah. the entire movie of how
0: to do that. Yeah, I get that. So that I have, I have spurts of that, and I can understand why it would get in the way of living your life if it's if it gets in the way mentally, yeah. gets in the way and physically, if you're trying to I don't know. Um, I definitely find some days someone will say something and interviewing people on this podcast and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a great idea for you. And it's not like they asked either. It's just all of a sudden I'm like, I can see the whole thing. Right, right,
1: right. And so uh, it's a great skill, uh, but um, I've learned over many, many years how to sort of rein it in. I can control it now a little bit better. I've crafted my business around using that superpower. And so that was all part of that healing process as well, too. But at a younger age, it was really um, difficult, right? I didn't, you know, I see things differently. I see things other people don't see. I see solutions and ways to do things that other people don't see. And I guess that's a big part of why I always felt like I didn't fit in because I always thought, why can't other people see what I'm seeing right now? Or
0: why can't they? I have a question for you about that. When you presented your solution to people, did they hear it?
1: No. What happened was is I just became silent. So understanding the workspace, this was a horrific thing to have Ah, because I was
0: seen as a threat. I can completely relate Uh, when I would have solutions or or an idea and it would be overlooked and then so I would sit there and say well I don't know maybe you know second guess my idea my thought uh, become self-conscious about it and then someone would say the same exact thing three minutes later and I'd be like you mean like the thing I just said three minutes ago right and I didn't understand why people didn't hear it or understand what I was saying so then I really started questioning my own ability to communicate. <laughs> I've had many conversations at home about it. Like, am I doing, am I saying it in a weird way that doesn't yep. make sense? Or are they just not able to see it? I don't know. But it yep. certainly did a number on me. I got silent as well. Yeah.
1: And, and it became this situation where every time I was in a role, uh, no matter what it was, I was thrusted to a leader style that's the way I was seen. But yet when I tried to exercise that muscle, I suddenly became a threat. And so then, then it was this weird dichotomy, like, okay, you want me to lead, but then you'd want me to stay silent. So I just sort of started staying in the backdrop, if you will. Mm -hmm. But for me, I felt like I was in prison and it took me a long time to understand. I always kept saying, what's wrong with me? What what am I doing wrong? What's what, what, what's happening? I don't understand. And so it was this horrible sort of mouse wheel of just this mind garbage that just went on and on and on and on. And, you know, I finally at one point, you know, and then you have kids and, you know, their stuff and home stuff really takes over your life. So, you know, that gets into the mix. And now all of a sudden, you don't have a clue who you are. You have right. no idea. I'm like, who, who is this person? What does she want? What did she, what are her passions? Like I was completely lost.
0: Right. What happened to creating? What happened to all of that great expressing yourself? And I can imagine that all of that sort of just went to the wayside because you were sort of every day just getting the same crap every day. So,
1: So I constantly was in this position of trying to exercise my creativity. So I would have these ideas and I kept starting businesses You know, so I spent a long time doing uh, mural work and um, that evolved into interior design. And I used to make um, all natural products and did home shows doing that. And I developed a magazine. I developed a dog product line. You know, I could go on and on with all these things that I did. And they were all really great things, but I would create them and then like be bored with it. And I couldn't figure out what, this was a new problem. Like, okay, I just made this really great magazine. Everybody loves it. Okay. But I don't I don't want to anything to do with it anymore.
0: Anymore. What did, did you have you ever figured out why?
1: Yep. hmm
0: I can't wait uh, to hear. Yeah. And <laughs> so it was like a light bulb one day
1: went off and I, I felt like the skies parted and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't see this. It's right in front of me the whole time. So when everyone looks at my past, they don't understand, well, how were you, you know, I'm an award-winning interior designer, right? So by most standards, people would say like, oh, you've had great successful career, blah, blah, blah. I was miserable, right? Yes, but yeah. in that, when I was given that opportunity and I was working for a builder and I was a, got all these awards for my interior design, I got all these um, million dollar sales club certificates, I got, you know, um, uh I'm going blank right now, but, oh, rookie of the year. I got all these <laughs> great awards, right? Yeah, yeah. And so he 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 says to me one day, he's like, you know, you're really good with like marketing and stuff. Well, uh, duh, I guess I had been doing that. I had started so many businesses, right? right. And he's yeah. like, I want you to be my marketing director. And so my immediate gut response was to him, are you sure you want me to do that? And he was a little like, I said, because you're not going to like what I have to tell you. I said, so I'm just warning you. <laughs> and so that was the birth of the bee sting, right? This, so, so my sort of my tagline is, I, you know, I sting a little bit because, you know, a, a bee, it, they sting you. It may hurt a little bit, but there's actually a nutrient quality to bees. They're nourishing, right? They provide life. They're essential. They're important. So, I'm truthful, and even if that means you're not going to like me for what I tell you. At least I know I was. Well, um. you
0: know what? I don't know if it's that they don't like you. Maybe they just can't handle the message at the time.
1: Probably. So anyway, long story short. And that's
0: okay. It's okay. It has more to do with their receiving than it does with your delivering. I hope. I think. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, So basically what it boiled down to, he had a wonderful business that he had built himself from nothing. And it was a wonderful business, but in the building space. You know, there's a term they call Chuck in a truck, right? Which is a guy, a single guy, he's doing it by himself. He's, the, you know, does everything. But he had evolved into a much bigger business. Yeah. And he was now doing, his quality of work was at such a higher level. And um, he charged more for that. But the problem was that the brand that he had created was still feeling a little bit like a Chuck in a truck. It mm-hmm. didn't align with the customers, of the higher quality. So what would happen is people would call and they, we would go out and design and give a quote and all that stuff. And they would be upset at the cost, right? So see, it was a misalignment of the type of customers he was attracting sometimes. And he was actually doing more damage to himself than good. And mm-hmm. he just needed to align the brand properly with the higher end business and clients that he wanted. Right. And so I proposed a rebrand and uh, he so I presented everything and he said to me, you know, I have hired probably three dozen marketing people in, in my career and not a one of them has ever, ever said anything that you have said. It makes so much sense. So ultimately, he did kick and scream a little bit in the beginning because, it, you know, it was his baby. It was, you know, his his, his creation. Um But ultimately, you know, it was a big success. They went on to open another location and, you know, so forth and so on. And while I was in that role, I won a bunch of awards for my marketing, best ad, best social media, best marketing, best logo, best website, a whole bunch of, you know, awards. And anyway, in that role, I suddenly went, oh my gosh, the reason I started all those businesses is because I was practicing how to bring ideas to life. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And that's
0: why I would get actually creating like you're all, you're not creating businesses. You're creating the image, I suppose, of the business. Well, right. So, but for
1: me, because I was literally creating the business, the entire thing, right? So product lines, businesses, the brand, the whole nine yards, it made me like a triple threat, right? Because most people in the marketing space are very uh, dialed in on one particular aspect, right? They they aren't um, they aren't they don't have broad thinking, right? They're sort of in a bucket or a silo, and they only sort of know their zone. But the thing with marketing and branding is it's such a bigger animal. And it, in that time, I realized, oh my gosh, I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And then, of course, my imposter syndrome kicked in and went, oh well, I don't, you know, I don't have a degree in this. Right. I don't, I don't, who am I to talk, you know? So then I ended up going back to college at 45. Yeah. So I was working full-time as a marketing director. I went back to school full-time. I had two teenagers that I was trying to put into college at that same time. Uh, I started my business, needless to say, it was utter chaos. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet it was
1: which is part of my other skill is high level organization and, you know, getting <laughs> things done. But, um, so that's really a, a brief, you know, overview of sort of the, the history of how I got to where I am, I guess.
0: So but, you went to school and you're, you're, you're went to school for what a marketing degree, but what did you? Yeah. Know?
1: Yeah. And so the beauty of it is this time, cause I went on, but I had, uh, several years of college, but I had never finished and gotten a degree. So I went back and this time I didn't really care so much about what the piece of paper said. I took the courses I wanted. So I knew that uh, I needed, I wanted more knowledge on psychology because really that's the key to, to successful marketing. I wanted yeah. not just branding advice education. I wanted global branding advice. You know, I took the right classes to really expand my knowledge in the right areas. And
0: that's then crazy. after
1: that, I sort of uh, mentored under uh, a guru who sells uh, digital ads in in you know uh, like social media and that kind of stuff at a very high level and learned all of that on the back end um, because you things move so fast now that most most colleges are not up to speed they're right. just. They just—they're out of the loop on what's really going on, and it's really funny yeah. because when I was taking classes, I can remember several professors I had to correct them, and um, they didn't like it. But I'm like, well, you're so far out of the loop on this. Here's the real yeah. facts. But. That's just my nature. Again, I'll tell you the truth.
0: Why do you like it or not? Well, I am. I'm a a kindergarten teacher by training, education, and um, I remember one of the one of the professional development days that we had. Reminds me of what you just said about um, how some of the professors were out of the loop. That they said that I forget the percentage, and I wish I wrote it down. But it was staggering the percentage of jobs that don't even exist yet that my kindergartners will have. (laughs) So like colleges have to figure out what those jobs are going to be because they don't exist yet because everything's happening so so fast uh, technologically and uh, that their jobs don't have a title yet. So that's exciting and and scary and interesting. And I'm thinking how will colleges catch up with that? Like how will they know? Yeah. Interesting. That was
1: crazy. It was a crazy time.
0: I bet. I love learning, though. And again, education is one of the words that falls right in line with um, HEAL, because you do have to learn something new to change if you don't like the way things are going. You have to incorporate something different and new. Um, And you did just that. You went right back to school. I went to school in my 30s, too, to get my first degree. Um, That was fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah with a 12-ish year old at home, you know, and working full time. So that was fun. Um, So, okay. So tell us, you ended up going back to school and developing your marketing, um, I guess, business. Well,
1: so at that time is sort of when I had a, a, a epiphany, aha moment, whatever you want to call it. I got to the point where I sort of had to make a, there was kind of a line in the sand and I had to decide what was I going to do? I knew my whole life that I was meant to do something else, something much bigger. I knew that there were things that I had to step outside of my comfort zone. I knew it was all coming. I just didn't know what it looked like or what it was supposed to be. And I just got to a point where I was tired of being tired. Mm -hmm. I was tired of feeling fearful. I was tired of feeling, You know the scarcity. I I was tired of all of those things, and I I, just one day I was like, the only person that can change all this stuff is me. Mm -hmm. I'm the only one. I'm in complete control of that. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know what? Life's too short. I said I'm going back to school. I'm going to create the business of my dreams. So so realizing that I spent my whole life wanting to create things, I had a lot of dreams, but I put them in a box because whenever I tried to share what my visions were, people were like, what are you going to do that? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. There was all these weird answers. And so I kind of thought, well, maybe I'm futurology and it's all about paying uh, respects to the past, but combining that with the future. And so there's three divisions of the company. Basically it's home, life, or business right? So I'm an award-winning interior designer. I have made things. I'm an artist. That's the the home part, right? I mm-hmm. do home decor and everything in that space is uh, pays tribute to the past. So I recycle, upcycle, transform, that sort of thing. And so that's that division. I sell those things online. I, you know, I do Etsy, all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the the life part is really the piece that was a little cloudy for a while, but I knew that it was there. And it's all about my method of approaching things, which is Uh actually, I've found out very unique. It's how I organize. It's how I go about tackling things. It's actually how I was able to make all my dreams come true. And Uh that has been birthed into an offering that I call Live Your Passion. And it's a system that I use to do what I did. I've discovered that there are a few key pieces that everyone misses and that's what's different about why, how I do what I do. And then there's the business piece, which is where that's my, my branding, marketing, and social media business. And I've been doing that for some time. So, so those are the three branches of our brand. And Um, what's the name again of your business? Futurology. So, um, the, the bigger part of that is that we've always wanted to have land lots of land. Yeah, And again. we had this idea of creating a space where it's the futurology lifestyle. It's everything that we're all about. We bring it to life. And so that's this space. That's how we ended up buying a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'll go, I'll go into that more, but basically this space is going to become a, uh, it's going to focus on the arts, right? So our ultimate goal is to have gallery events here, um, any kind of art related, whether it's uh, performing arts or printed art, whatever it is, we're going to have it here. Where We'll have farm to table dinners. It's about a self-sustaining traditional farming, a uh, simple lifestyle, right? It's, it's going back in time to the way things were, simplified, uh, respecting nature, putting nature to work, letting it thrive. And that's what we're creating here. Um, it's an experiential place is how we describe it.
0: And so, so- what's your goal with your time frame to get all of this stuff up and going?
1: Well, we've been here um, just under a year. And we've already completed phase one. Uh, mm-hmm. We have um, uh, a short-term vacation rental, a tiny house that we've created. So we have two tiny houses here. We live in one. The other one is a, a rental that you can come and stay.
0: We're when on a- say, When you say tiny houses, do you mean actual tiny houses like you see yes. on TV? Yes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there are 300 square feet. Yeah. Um, and so we're on a cliff. It's literally a cliff edge right here. And there's a river right down there, a big river. Wow. So it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a million dollar view. We have uh, 30 acres here. It's the point of the, the, the whole mountain sort of culminates here. Um, it's a very magical place. It has a, an amazing energy to it. When you, even when you're just driving up, you sort of get this like, oh my gosh, we're going into Alice in Wonderland space or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we've completed phase one. We, we literally just last month started, uh, it's, it's listed on vacation rental by owner and Airbnb and all that. And we um, have had uh, been booked every weekend since uh, we um, listed it, so. That's fabulous,
0: congratulations. We started, uh,
1: but the idea is self-sufficiency. So we do water collection here and yes. uh, we're in the process of building a tree house, bath house which will utilize permaculture um, for the um, composting. And so that will be part of the farming and part of the, the ultimate goal. So basically, we're just bringing our vision into, li- into real life.
0: Yeah, and living off of the land and yeah. taking less from it and yeah. giving back to it, which I yeah. think will... Now I work in energy and all of that uh, meditation, mindfulness, Reiki, and all of that. And it just reminds me of what, like it reminds me or makes me think that your energy and your vibration will be just lifted if it's not already in the space because it's such a magical space. But being able to be so close to the land and work with the land will definitely help help with creativity. I think, because you'll be- Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I can and... feel
1: the, the level of vibration has gone through the roof. I can feel it daily. I mean, there's been days where I'm literally just such joy that I'm brought to tears. Like I just can't, it's just unbelievable.
0: Everyone should live like that.
1: And, and exactly. And that's a part of my big message. So now that's an interesting point because now I feel like I'm being- thrusted into the space, I'm supposed to be doing something else makes me very uncomfortable, very nervous, but I know I'm supposed to do it. So I'm moving in that direction, but I need to teach people how I did what I did. And I didn't realize that. So I work with a lot of clients developing, they come to me to, to help them build their business. Right. And in that process, I'm very holistic and my approach is very different. Right. So a lot of things get uncovered because I believe that branding isn't about a logo. It's not about colors, right? It's about, it will reveal itself if the right questions are asked and the mm-hmm. right probing is done. So I do a lot of intensive sort of psychological work and you know, it's revealed what they're supposed to be doing. It, it also shows what their offer should be, how it should be packaged. You know, That's part of my whole talent, how I do that. But um, I've had some clients who said, this is amazing. Why can't I apply this to my life? And I'm going, uh yeah. uh Oh, right. right? Uh oh, another light bulb moment, right? So I'm like, and they're like, well, how do you do it? And I keep getting like people message me on social media. I get, how did you do this? And I'm like, what do you mean? How did I do it? Right. I bought it, right? It's it's for sale, like anything else. Like, but they're like, no, how did you do it? So I'm starting to understand better that they are looking for a process, right? They're in that lost phase. So I sort of went through with a few clients like, well, okay, here, I'll show you. So I show them, they come back to me. They're like, oh my God, you just changed my life. This is incredible. This is the piece I've been missing. My husband's doing it. My child's doing it. This is yes. amazing. Like, and I'm going, oh. Do you work
0: with mindset? Do you work with purpose? What do you work with? Like, how, how what, what are they it's, doing?
1: It's a systematic organizational process to uncover what it is you really want, right? So most people are wandering around thinking they want things, but they're not, that's what they've been taught to want. They don't really know what they want. I'll give you a good example.
0: All right, I'll hold on. Them. Before you do that, Tammy, we're going to take a real quick okay. break. to say, let's take a break. And then I want okay. you to give a little example. Is that okay?
1: okay. Yeah, sounds okay. great.
0: You don't have to reveal the whole thing. Just, yeah. just an example. We'll be right back though. Okay. And we're back with Tammy and she is just about to give us a little bit of an example I told her she doesn't have to reveal everything um, that's why you hire her but a little example of what she means what is a systematic approach to organizing and figuring out what exactly what someone wants because I'm, I've, I've been working with the law of attraction and I know you have to be super clear as to what it is that you want first and not all jumbled, and maybe this, or maybe maybe I don't want that, I don't know, but you have to be very clear. So is that part of it, or? or
1: It is, I'm so glad you brought up law of attraction because I went through that whole process as well. Uh, You know, manifestation, abundance, law of attraction, vision boards, those were all things that I was doing. Uh, I'm a huge journaling person, right? So I was looking for answers in those things. And I kept going, I have my vision board. I am manifesting. I am doing all of those things and nothing is happening. And that's when I realized there were key pieces that were missing. So let me give you an example.
0: Okay.
1: I'm going to use myself in this, this case because I know that most people are in this space and really don't want to admit it or won't say it out loud. I was miserable. I was miserable in every aspect of my life. One of the things that was a prime target was my marriage, right? I went, I'm unhappy in my marriage. I kept saying that, right? So through, through my process, I basically have you sort of focus in on each area of your life. The first thing you have to do is benchmark, right? Where are you? Yep. So how do you do that? Well, how unhappy are you? Right. If you want to live a life of, of a perfect hundred or a perfect 10 or everything's fantasy world, perfect, whatever that is, what does that look like to you? What to you personally, what does it look like? Not what society tells you it's supposed to look like. Right. What do you personally want? Right. So I sort of rated it and I said, well, if I was using a scale of one to 10, I'm probably at like a four. I'm unhappy. Mm-hmm. So then I kept going, well, why am I at a four? How do I get to a five?
0: So you really work with people in a mindset and a, and a
1: well, emotional level. I don't, I don't really see it that way. I mean, I'm obviously not a doctor No, by no means. I'm doing a practical methodical method of uncovering what do you really want? You can't wander around saying you're not happy and you want X, Y, and Z when you really haven't put a map in place for it, right? So I, I call it a passion conquest, right? You're, you're on a mission to conquer your passion. That's the goal, right? You wanna be living your passion. Um, so I started saying, well, why am I unhappy? What is it that I'm not getting in my marriage that I want? So I had to do some really deep looking at it. And so my husband worked in an industry where he had to work 60, 70 hours a week. He was exhausted. He basically was like a zombie, you know, he'd go off to work at home. So one of the things that I felt like was really missing was just the time to connect.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: like, I'm not looking for us to be going off on fancy vacations. And that isn't my picture perfect world of a, of a perfect marriage, right? Most people think by watching TV or what society tells us that a perfect marriage looks like a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't what I wanted. I'm, I said, oh, I, I, what I want, it didn't involve money. It didn't involve anything. I just wanted time.
0: Connection.
1: Right. So I started making a list. Okay, well, if we could just have, you know, an hour a week to talk, that would probably take me from a four to a five. And then what else do I want? Well, um, you know, uh, maybe it's just doing something together like a walk or whatever. I just picked a couple of things that I felt would improve our marriage and make me a little bit more happy. I wasn't trying to go to a 10. I was just trying to move the needle forward a little bit. Right. So that's the other big problem. Everyone's trying to overnight magically go from zero to a hundred instantly.
0: Yeah. It's not how you get that fast.
1: It just doesn't happen that way. So I made a realistic goal of, okay, I just want these two tiny things to happen. My goal for them is to happen once a week. And that was it. I just made that a goal and a priority for my marriage. So I instantly already felt better because I'm like, okay, I have a realistic thing I want. And I know a way to try to move that needle of happiness forward. So I had a conversation with him and I said, this is all I want to try to do. I just want to try to do these two things. How can we fit that in?
0: Well, that must be a huge pressure off of him too, because I'm sure, well, I can't be sure. And I don't want to assume I'm sure he was thinking, right. um, He probably wants that too, but I, you know, I've got this job and I'm working really hard and just, just that little bit of time, um, is good because that's manageable. I can do that, you know? Right.
1: Right. And so that was our goal. We set out to do that. Right. And so we did that and we didn't do it every single week, but if, when I, when I look back at it and said, okay, well, we did it three weeks out of four weeks that month, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm it instantly changed everything. The energy, the focus, everything started. It's momentum. It starts to move the needle forward. And then you go, okay, well, I feel better about my marriage. I feel happier. I feel like I can move forward and make progress. And so it's a process of going through all of the areas of your life, getting crystal clear on where you sit right now, because you can't change if you don't if you're not honest with yourself, right? Some people like- Well, if you, know, you don't feel
0: like you have a problem, then you're not gonna change it. So right. you have to be super aware of, even if it's just one area in your life, you know, you wanna change, That's then right. just be clear, know about it and be honest and be clear as to what it is that you want to change and then make a plan. Well, it's
1: kind of why I decided to go back to school because I re- I sat down, I went through every single area that every bucket zone whatever you want to call it uh, what was a priority to me I rated each one of those it Mm -hmm. took me it took me a couple of weeks of sort of digging in and mapping it all out and and I developed a plan and I'm like there it is I'm going to do this to be happier here I'm going to do this to be happier over here and this is how I did what I did yeah I, I had to sit back and really think about well how did I go I mean you have to realize I went from being miserable and lost Within a very short amount of time to having a successful business, retiring my husband, buying a mountain, moving and all of my wildest dreams have come true. I have to actually come up with new dreams now because I <laughs> I did all of those
0: things Problems during
1: <laughs> during a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so all of that stuff, I mean, in a five year span, I went back to school, started the business. I mean. I did a lot of stuff very quickly. Yeah. Um, so and I
0: might argue because it's supposed to happen. So when you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, things happen. That's and right. And they happen fast.
1: That's right. So you better be ready. I gave, gave <laughs> in I gave into my passions. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. All right. So you ended up buying the mountain with the sole purpose of turning it into this big space for um creative.
1: Yeah, it's called Futurology Farms, and uh, it will be a thriving combination of promoting arts with agritourism and workshops and retreats and all kinds of wonderful. Oh, I'd love
0: to run a retreat there. Let me know when you're ready. I run retreats as well.
1: Uh, I actually had a few phone calls about that already, which originally wasn't, it was something I thought about, but I, I guess I just didn't uh, see it so quickly already, you know. Um, well, if
0: the space is there, I'm sure there are plenty of people who need a space, like a beautiful
1: yeah.
0: place where they can sleep inside, but also explore yeah. the outside and just be close to nature and.
1: Well, and the one thing that's really important to us is the experience that you have here, right? And so retreats of a certain kind are very aligned with the energy that this place has. Yep. And so in and of itself, it already raises the vibration. So when you do things that are uh, align with that i mean a a private small wedding would be the most amazing thing here because it's just such this magical place already
0: you're gonna need a few more tiny houses for the guests
1: yeah (laughs) so yeah so we have a it's a it's a we i mean the things that we want to do here um is kind of insane we we have um we're it's a cliff because it's a mountain so it's an entire rock uh side like if you envision a mountain But you can actually right now go down and walk along that whole entire side. It has like a natural trail there.
0: That's really nice.
1: We want to put in a boardwalk with, um, I don't know if like in Bali, they have like these, it's almost like a hammock thing that hangs out over the, and you can lay on it, but we want to have that all along the boardwalk. It's kind of a crazy idea, but. Like
0: over the cliff, right?
1: Yeah, like, so you'd be hanging over the river basically.
0: That's fun. I, I wouldn't do it, but that's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we have a couple of campsites and um, we're gonna be building a bunch of natural homes uh, with the materials from the land. Um, that's so again, great. Playing, paying tribute to to nature, to history, um, to, you know, being less of a carbon, uh, you know, reducing our carbon footprint. and And really just sort of saying, you know, you don't really need to always build something new and waste materials and, you know, that whole concept. I mean, we're not perfect by no means, but we're on this journey of learning and trying. And um, we're
0: trying to- I think that the country is ripe for something like this. People want to get out and go to nature and and feel connected. I know I would love that. I would love that. Just there's, I'm sure there's places around me. I just haven't looked into it yet. But I I mean,
1: it's not easy. I mean, we, it's funny because we always joked about when we were beginning this process, we had never been to Tennessee and we kept getting a message loud and clear that that's where we were supposed to go. And so I, we always joked about, well, we're just going to take a leap of faith and jump off the cliff and build a parachute on the way down. It's very ironic that I literally live on a cliff. I
0: know. <laughs> Don't jump off this cliff. So, uh, yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's funny. It's really funny. So did but did you
0: move to Tennessee first, then find the mountain, or did you yeah. find so, the mountain and then just so go? Right before the pandemic
1: hit, uh, we had made a decision um, to move. Mm-hmm. And so, my husband was already looking for work. He had several interviews lined up here, and we had. Uh, scheduled, you know, we were going to come out here. And then the pandemic hit, which we were in Florida at the time when that hit, uh, my son played baseball for college. And we were there for that. And uh, all of the interviews dropped off the face of the earth, you know, that whole process stopped. So we come home, it's like March. Now we're we're kind of like, well, we just thought we were going to be moving in two months. Like what, what are we, what do now what, you know? Yeah. And so we were kind of in a stale mood for about a month and our 25th anniversary was coming up in May. And I said, I refuse to give up. I refuse to put my life on hold. Um, I would rather live in a van down by the river, poor (laughs) and broke, than, you know, to watch you suffer. His job was turned into an utter nightmare when, Mm -hmm. you know, because being in New Jersey was a different experience and. It was awful. I mean, he was psychologically dying. I mean, he was going to die. I, there was no doubt about it. You could just see it in him. So we decided for our anniversary to fly out to Nashville and uh, we were just going to drive around and yeah. I don't know, fi- figure it out. Right. So that's what we did for a week. We drove all over the place. How close we, are you to Nashville? We're an hour east of Nashville. And uh, we actually loved it. We were so thrilled, but we were disappointed because we couldn't find what we were looking for. Right. So we left and sort of felt like, okay, we love it there, but now what? And um, we kind of had a conversation and I said, well, what if we take a different approach? So we were looking for a lot of land. And I said, well, what if we take a different approach, right? We, we could buy maybe a small like um, uh, business building, and have like an apartment in there and have our business in the front or rent it and just make a transition until we could find the land that we wanted. Yeah. And so I did a search for that. The first thing that popped up was uh, three miles from where I am right now. And it was super affordable. I said, let's just buy this. So we put in an offer and we flew out or we, I think we drove that time. We drove out. And we stayed for another week. We went to see the property and there was a water main leak and we decided to back out. Good thinking. Right. So, but if you really pay attention to what happened, everything was leading us here. Now, yep. this this property in our original search kept coming up, but we kept ignoring it because it said it was because five. Because it acres. was a mountain. <laughs> well, no, because it said it was five acres. Oh. It wasn't five acres. The listing was wrong. But so, anyway, that um, building fell through, and there was sort of this like, you know, my husband's a little bit more of a a pessimist. I'm the uh, eternal optimist, you know. So Uh I'm like, look, it's all, this is all supposed to happen. There's something out here for us. We just have to find it. So I said, let's just go back to our original search parameters. We want this, and we want to spend this, and that's it. And we put the search in, and two properties came up. This one, and a one on the other side of the river. We went and looked at the one on the other side of the river. It could have worked. It just didn't have the right feeling. We wanted a magical feel. Uh-huh. So I called the agent on this property and she said, oh yeah, you can go see it, whatever, whatever. And I said, it's five acres. And she said, oh no, it's, it's 27 point whatever it, eight, I think it is. And uh, I'm like, oh, well now that makes a lot more sense for the price. So we, that's why nobody was buying this
0: that's pretty cool though it's
1: super cool <laughs> right so yeah, we turn is. we go down the you have to drive down the river all the way down the river to get here and on that drive alone I was like oh my god I can feel the magic coming and then you get to the bottom of the mountain and you have to turn on a road and you got to drive up the whole mountain or whatever right. that drive up is just it feels like I can't even describe it it's just such a a magic magical experience and we get to the top of the mountain where you get the gate you open the gate and then you have to go back down a little bit like and so we drive down the road and it takes us out to the point because we sort of found the the peak of the mountain if you will and so Mm -hmm. you go out to the point and you get out and you look and it's this million dollar view of all this like it's just amazing. And, and we both just kind of like, we dead silent for a few minutes. I actually have a recording and all of a sudden my husband turns around to me and he goes, shit hun, this is what we're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I was like, we can actually buy this. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I, we knew in that moment. So then we started exploring around. And so my husband doesn't quite have as much vision capabilities as I do, but there is a field here that the guy had cleared. And so he could kind of see like, okay, yeah, we could put structures here. Like it, it was just, we just knew. And yeah, so that, was that's fantastic. how it happened.
0: Yeah. And it happened, it seemed very easily. And the fact that no one else could buy it or didn't want to because of the price compared to the acreage, that's hilarious. So know, you right? just happened to ask the question and there you yeah. have it. Perfect. Yeah. I love that story. And now I know how you bought a mountain. <laughs> So, if someone wants to come to Futurology Farms, how can they? How can they?
1: So they can find us on a uh, vacation rental by owner. That's the Verbo or Airbnb. Um, it's called Emerald Eyes is the name of the tiny house, and it's in Whitleyville, Tennessee. Okay. Uh, we also have a website, of course, FutureOlogyFarms.com. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's helpful. And and your business where you help people with their marketing with their business, do you still do that? I of course I will always do that. Uh, that's a big passion of mine. And so
1: that's TammyLCollins.com. There's apparently an actress with Tammy Collins. So she
0: There is, is because I was <laughs> on your website and it brought me to someone who is so and so's wife and she's I'm like, who's yeah. oh, this fancy lady? But yeah. um Okay. And I'll also put all of this information in the notes in the, in this podcast episode, but it's TammyLCollins.com and your email is the same, right? Tammy at at
1: TammyLCollins.com. Perfect.
0: So people can,
1: Oh, sorry. And I just recently am so excited. One of the things that I have always wanted to do was give scholarships for art students. And it occurred to me the other day, I'm like, why aren't I giving scholarships right now for entrepreneurs? How dumb is that? So I just launched, uh, I have 35 scholarships that I now give uh, for my services. That's great. Yeah, they range from getting something for free to up to, I think the highest one is a $2,000 credit. So it really makes uh, my services attainable to someone Mm -hmm. who maybe never thought that they could have such a high level of of expertise and so right, that's right. really you know I was that entrepreneur who struggled and struggled and struggled and you know my I was working for a university and a college and it occurred to me that I don't want to help them <laughs> that's not cool. who I want to help I want to help the entrepreneur so well, I think
0: it's important to give back especially when you've worked really hard to get where you are I mean there some people don't feel that way but I think that it's important um whatever level of success you're having to be able to have a section of um maybe a group of people that you want to give back to whether it was something maybe you were that person when you were that age maybe whatever doesn't yeah. matter i think giving back is really important and it goes right it? along with your future futurology farms you're giving back to nature yeah. and nature's giving to you
1: yep uh, it's one of those types of things, you know, in in the process of being, uh, you know, I practice gratitude on a big level. And I've, I've done all of those law of attraction and magic and secret, and all those things. And one of the things that I've added to that is, you know, I I give thanks for for all of the the money that I've been given. I give thanks for all the money that will be given to me. But I also give thanks for all the money that I'm going to give. And I think that's that extra layer that we're always thinking about what you're getting. Give me, give me. And I'm like, well, wait a second. I, I want to be grateful even before I was ready to give it for what I'm going to give. And it, it's really important to me.
0: Yeah. I think everyone should have the same mindset. It has been really nice to get to know you, Tammy. It was really nice talking about your story and learning about it. I hope that some people will visit your dot That's correct, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I wrote it down and I'm like, did I even write that down?
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a tongue twister, <laughs> but um, it, you know, it's, futurology technically means the study of the future, but to us to, to study the future really is to look backwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's great. I think the only way we're gonna survive to an extent is to go backwards a little bit. Um, technology is great and all, but yes, I think um, honoring ways of the past, I think are really important. And that's exactly what you're doing. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's been such a pleasure. I have three questions for you to end my podcast though. I forgot, I almost forgot. I always do this. I'm always like, oh, I forgot. Oh, wait, (laughs) okay. When you are at your most peaceful, what is it that you're doing?
1: Probably uh, just walking the mountain. So we, yeah. we try to walk it daily and it's just, I don't know. Um, I feel like I was meant to be here. I was here in another life. I don't know, but it's just extremely, extremely peaceful.
0: That's fun. It sounds peaceful. And um, one self-help book that you could recommend to anyone. I guess it could be a self-help book. I say self-help, but it's like something that maybe changed your life or, you know, so not like, um, not like a love, a not a novel of <laughs> lust and greed, something like um, a self-help book. A self-help book, huh? Hmm. It could be for your business. It could be uh, so spiritual, it could be any kind.
1: One of my favorite books, most people probably won't resonate with this, but it's called Contagious. And it's written by a professor from uh, University of Penn, and it is understanding the nature of things being contagious, like why things go viral. It's sort of a psychological understanding of that piece. So for me and what I do, you know, I'm always trying to study and understand, you know, the psychology of the consumer. Yep. That's how I'm able to build brands that are successful and and um, so that for me was a really great read I actually wanted to read that again and I gave it to my son I need to get that back he just reminded
0: me (laughs) that's a great tip thank you for any business owners out there who are starting maybe you might want to take that book up and yeah uh, check it out okay and if money wasn't an object would you still be doing what you're doing right now or would you be doing something different
1: oh my god no I would be doing the same thing
0: That's what everyone says, by the way, (laughs) I don't know why I ask anymore,
1: but that's how, you know, you've gotten to where you're supposed to be. I agree. And so a big thing for me and this whole new thing that, that I'm being pushed to to do, that's a little scary for me is what I'm calling live your passion. And that's the system to, to get to that place. Most people don't realize that it's actually easy to get there. They just don't have a map to show them how. And that's the question that constantly keeps coming out. Well, how do I do that? And so they look to planners, they look to, you know, the law of attraction, they look to the vision boards, they look to manifestation, they look to all these things and they're touching on it. All of those pieces are important to that puzzle, but there's bridges that connect them that are being lost. And Mm -hmm. that's where I'm sort of make, I'm coming in and saying, yes, you need to do this, but you missed this piece. You can't do your vision board yet because you're not ready to do that. That's why it's not working.
0: (laughs) Right, right. Well, really, it's been so great. Thank you again for coming on. And um, I'll share all of your information in the notes again, like I said, for this episode. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Liz, for having me. It it was a real pleasure.
0: Same. And we'll be right back. Once again, a big thank you to Tammy for coming on and sharing her story check out Futurology Farms online and you can see some great images from her dream project, Futurology Farms. Once again, if you would like to reach out, if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at talktohealpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And until our next episode, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Bye.